and welcome to anybody that's watching this live on either Facebook or LinkedIn. Hi, lovely to see you. Um, very sunny day. So if you're inside watching this, we'll be very grateful for that. And we're going to make sure this is an extra special show. And anybody that's watching this back on our YouTube channel or maybe through social media, lovely to have you here with us. And please do connect with our guests after this, because I'm sure they're going to really inspire you. So Thomas and I here, husband and wife, um, uh, Thomas and I have been doing Bip Chat now for, I think this is our seventh show. Uh, it stands for Business is Personal. Um, and that's the philosophy we very much believe in. And in fact, no coincidence here, Mindy Gibbons-Klein, she coached me on um, creating this book and publishing it. Um, and we do really believe business is personal. And so this BIP chat is about inviting our BIP 100 member, which is um, Mindy Gibbons-Klein. Um, and she's a member of this community of experts that we closely um, work with and also we do a lot of due diligence before anybody joins to make sure that when we call them an expert they really are and our role really here is to give you a very very interesting conversation around a subject and today we're talking about thoughtful leadership and there you go that is Mindy's book The Th Thoughtful Leader and our guests which Mindy's going to introduce are very much work very closely with Mindy and um, we're all very thoughtful leaders and it is an important subject isn't it Mindy don't you think? Absolutely yeah. so thought leadership and thoughtful leadership ideally both so I'm really keen to bring out these threads and and just share the latest and greatest ideas and cutting edge well whatever whatever our guests um, want to chat about I think we're all in alignment about thought leadership and thoughtful leadership. And who are your guests today, Mindy? Well, I have Alison Edgar with us, and I invited her on here because, because of her personality and because of her amazing expertise. She is a very seasoned business mentor, entrepreneur herself, um, multiple businesses, multiple awards, including um, an MBE from the Queen, and she is a published author twice. Um, so we worked together to make her an international bestseller. But more importantly than that, she coaches and trains and speaks on the importance of smashing it. <laughs> so we'll let her explain that. Um, I've also invited Malcolm Tullett, who is a fellow member of the BIP 100 community with me. And um, Hello, Malcolm is uh, into risky business. Um, he's, um, he's into risk and safety and his book is called Risk It. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not shy as you can tell, um, but really believes in people following their intuition when it comes to taking risks and living life. And so, you know, we, we're all, I think, including Thomas and Penny, uh, into common sense, intuition, knowing what's right and doing what's right. And, you know, the good people end up succeeding in business. And yeah, in you're right. And it makes me think, you know, all of us work on the long term as well with people, don't we? You know, we realize that we don't want to burn relationships online. And, and I think this is going to become a topic that's going to be really important important to us all. Now, Mindy, you've helped author, um, or you've helped publish over a thousand books. 
I think you've authored seven yourself, haven't you? Is it seven? Uh, it's 12 now. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's poor of me, isn't it? No, um, no, that includes seven, so we're okay. That includes seven, yeah. And, um, you know, we, all of us, all of us have been online, well, Thomas and I for 23 years. Mindy, how long would you say that you've been doing the online world? Uh, nearly 20 years. Nearly 20. Alison, yourself? I'm, I'm just a, a newbie, really, because I didn't start my business till I was 46. So I've really only been doing like anything around business for the last seven or eight years. So I've sprung board in quite quickly there compared to everyone else, I think. Blimey, and you literally have sprung boarded. My goodness. You've, so you're an online baby, Alison. Incredible. But we can all learn so much from you, Alison. So that is phenomenal. Malcolm, how long do you think you've been using the online world? Not long enough, probably. I've been in business since 97. Um, and like Alison, I'm a, I think I'm a bit of an online virgin, to be honest. I, I used it through necessity. Um, things like Zoom and things like during the pandemic, I've had no choice. But the, the online community um, is not something that I've been actively involved in until recently. So, right. That's about, hang on, hang on. Who's an active member of the academy? Yeah, exactly. You were on academy for God knows how long. Years but or most, most of that, Thomas, was yeah. for me, it was actually offline. It, mm. it was actually face to face. Yes, there was an online element to it, but I was rarely involved in that. Yeah, very true. So, so that's interesting. And Thomas and I, well, you've even longer than me, but um, so- AOL and CompuServe yeah. 1989. Yeah, so we all have gone through a big journey and we've seen lots of memes, lots of fashions around how to market ourselves, lots of expressions that people put to- Lots of uh, buzzwords. Guru, expert, and thought leader. And, and what I really love, Mindy, is you've really created this thoughtful leadership. And I went to your conference, which was really good on thoughtful leadership, which you do every year. Can you just give us all a more of an understanding of that? So we can use that as a foundation for our conversation today. Certainly. So thought leadership is a term that more people know about now. Um, when I first came out with 24 Karat Bold, it was my first book on thought leadership uh, 12 years ago. And people would say, what, fraught leadership? I, I'd say, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> very fraught. Um, but thought leadership was an academic term. And then more and more people started to you know, see it as a trendy term. But what, it, what thought leadership really should be is something new, original, exciting, disruptive, and you know, truly groundbreaking, truly different, something to make a head turn, not churning out articles and you know when the PR agencies jumped on it you know they say oh we can do your thought leadership pardon you can do my thinking for me <laughs> so I, I it kind of got diluted and that's when I pulled away in 2015 so six years ago I came out with thoughtful leadership and the thoughtful leader the podcast just came out the conference as you say because I think people do want to be seen as thought leaders they want to be thought leaders but they have to do the work and and in my opinion they should do it thoughtfully and and not just you know tick boxes or pay an agency to do it you know I don't think that really works so because the individual business is personal and the individual is the only person who can put the thought in um that's what's required and and serious substantive thought as well not just oh here's a, a buzzword here's a you know a clever acronym 
that's my opinion and that's me being kind and nice does that mean does that mean a thought leader has to have a because uh, they've got to do the research they've got to put the thought in do they have to have a phd do they have to have a doctorate no and they don't even have to do research thomas in my opinion people can you know wake up with an insight but it they wake up with the insight but really it comes from their experience expertise and maybe research but it it doesn't matter how they get there if they have a new idea and they're willing to kind of craft it into something that really represents them and does that job of making people think and and kind of paving the way then it will be seen as thought leadership so the the i'll just um add one more thought into that phrase by the way people can wake up with an insight Mm. Well, we think that. we wake up with an insight, but it's been brewing and, you know, various things have gone into that, you know, the, the whatever's happened to us, our experience, that creates the insight. And then some people will do nothing with it. Most people will do nothing because it requires work to develop it. And I really admire those people who are willing to work at it, but no, they don't have to have a PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <For all of us. laughs> Well, well, that's a relief. Let me just... That would I... kick four people off this show no, straight away. Five, I think. No? <laughs> five? Yeah, which one would stay? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thomas assumed he was staying. Um, no. um, we bestow a so PhD no. on you, Thomas. <laughs> Dr. Power. Power, I presume. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Well, he has been asked to be a professor at... Um, was it Exeter University at one point? Oh, so, yeah. um, right, I'm going to build on this because what I get from you, and I'd like to come to Alison on this, is that, so when I was writing my book, you're coaching me and I had this philosophy that business is personal and it was turning on its head. People saying it's not personal, Penny, it's just business. I'm thinking it's personal and I'm going to give everybody permission to say that. It was a thoughtful consideration to others and things. And, and it's become my my calling card really now it's really really important to me and um every speech everything I do angst around the coaching you gave me around that so it was very very powerful but a lot of it is we're trying to shift thoughts aren't we we are trying to get people to change perhaps to shift their thinking so if I can come to you Alison on that you know you've written two books and they've been you are incredible I'm international bestseller with them all um, and I know the impact you have, and quite rightly, you've been awarded your uh, your MBE. What, what, just give up this the latest one, smash it. What are the what's the shift you're trying to get people to have in their lives from that as a thoughtful leader? So I think it's quite interesting because um, on a controversial note, you know, is there anything new, or is it just a different angle? Because if you look at um, like personal development or business development. How do you have a successful business? Well, do you know what? Sell more, spend less, stay in the black. You know, when it comes to transformation of a, in a personal development, where are you now? Where do you want to go? And what's holding you back? I mean, the formulas are quite easy. A lot of it is based on the psychology. But for me, when I wrote Smash It, um, like the first book is Secrets of Successful Sales. So I'm notorious in that space, in the sales space. And I thought actually the techniques that you use in sales so for example 
when Secrets of Successful Sales came out, people were contacting me saying, do you know what? I'm getting on much better with my partner. Do you know what? I bought a house and I saved money. Do you know what? I sold my car and I made more money on it. And I'm thinking, you shouldn't even have been reading that book. That's for salespeople and entrepreneurs. What are you doing reading that book? So I took the context of everything that we did and I uh, rewrapped it for the everyday person that wants to smash it in their life. And one of the things that really provoked the thought in me was, according to Inc. magazine, only 8% of people actually hit their goals. And I thought, I have to help, you know, coming back to that, I thought I'm going to take action. What can I do to help people to smash it? Well, I can write a book. And, and I think that's where, you know, is there anything brand spanking new I don't know I still don't know if there is but I just think people react better to some people than others you know I'm coming back to the PhD like I really struggle because I'm dyslexic with anything academic and I get bored and I switch off so you know my book is focused on people that you know just want to smash it but want it in contemporary and everyday layman's terms so I think it's translating isn't it to me it's just a translation of a lot of the old psychology stuff a lot of the you know Carl Jung things a lot of the Buddha things you know a lot of the old things that have already been existing just um giving it a new spin and that's where the thought leadership I think comes in is giving it that spin so when you when somebody spends time with you and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would regard you as a thought leader. And I think it's very humble that you're saying, you know, you're not coming up with new thoughts, but they're starting from here and they're getting to here. What is that shift that you see happen for them? Is it is it a psychological shift, an emotional shift is it, or is it skills or what is it that is the biggest shift that happens? I think it's lots. I think it's learning to compartmentalize, um, you know, what, where are you in your life? What are the important things in your life? Is it like, you know, I talk about the banks, the bank of cash, the bank of give back and the bank of faffing around because that's for me. And, and what makes me an expert in that field is actually, do you know what? I love my life. I've got a happy life. I've got a successful life. And every single day I do smash it and I get what I want all the time. So that's where, again, if you're if you're practicing what you teach, I think that's the important thing is you can't write a book called Smash It, The Art of Getting What You Want if you don't smash it and get what you want. So that, that, that's where the thought leads. Yeah, and I want to come back to that because that's about living, living, living your thoughts, isn't it? And that's where quite interesting whether somebody's got an academic experience as a thoughtful leader or they're actually experiencing it themselves so I want to come back to that so there's Malcolm now which Malcolm we've known you for many many years and um you know never, never mind <laughs> no no it's wonderful and what I love about you so so Malcolm as we said wrote wrote risk it um and uh, so you know your passion over people being safe at work goes far beyond ticking boxes clearly absolutely um, and you've written your book with with Mindy as well which is fantastic what what did you have these light bulb moments yourself on on sort of change and shifts that you're wanting people to have um, not that I was aware of it at the time it was uh, basically Mindy that kept on turning the light switch on um, every time I bumped into Mindy she says have you written that book yet um, and I'm sure you remember when we actually had our very first meeting for Bit 100 and uh, the conversation was, oh, hi, Mindy, how are you getting on? And all of a sudden, she, the first thing she said was, have you written that book yet? <laughs> um, so the book's been in me for a, for a while. Um, 
And the introduction, if you remember to this, was that I was disrupting the marketplace. So going back to what Alison was saying, I think my passion has been that there's an old fashioned way of doing things that actually should be looked at now rather than that the modern day process engineering approach to something like risk. And when you actually tick the boxes, people don't care. So they think they've complied because they've ticked the boxes. So my passion, if you like, is to get them into the thought process that actually this thing called a duty of care isn't a duty at all. It it's lives with us. And, and that's what Mindy was so good at getting out of me. Um, and, and again, it, this is not sort of just a, a praise thing, but it has to be said that the 90 day program that I entered into with Mindy was hard going. I, I found it really hard going. I'm not an author naturally. It's something that had to be dragged out of me. And the way she's done it, I mean, I'll, I'll read the book myself. I've read it again myself. And I'm thinking, did I really write that? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Books. Uh, say again, sorry? That does happen with books. You have to reread your own book to remind yourself who you are. <laughs> and, and, and I've done it. And, and I think to myself, it's, it's so simple when you see it in words. But before you write the book, it's all there. The light bulb moments keep coming on all the time. It's just that they go, they come on and they go off. They come on and they go off. And you, and you just keep moving between light bulb moments and never actually you know, have a string of light. And, and, and I think that's where Mindy comes into her own. So she actually allows you to put all those light bulb moments together. Yeah, absolutely, oh absolutely. Does <laughs> well. It's good. I was picturing the fairy lights or the Christmas a string of lights. That's yeah. beautiful phrases, Thomas. I love what you said. You have to reread your own book to remind yourself who you are. Wow. Well, the reason the reason why is because I've done a number of different books. Is I don't you don't know what you thought back then until you read yourself back then in the past. And that's a, that's a previous version of the software of you, if you like. Um, but can I ask a question both to Alison and to Malcolm? Uh, it's one of those, what's the one thing question? But what's, what's the one action you want people to take after they've, after they've read your book? What do you want them to then do? Now, one thing. Smash it. <laughs> but what does that <laughs> Okay, but what's the one thing you want them to do? Uh, I think, well, for me, it's uh, set goals and achieve them because that's what smashing it is, isn't it? You know, and, and it is the art of getting what you want. So if you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. So you have to work out what you want and then take the techniques to, to get it. Okay, so set goals and achieve them. And, and Malcolm? It's basically to stop only ticking boxes actually start to care about what you're doing for instance the nhs is absolutely great at ticking boxes to actually say they've done something but it's only the frontline people that are actually shut demonstrating that level of care it's it's the system doesn't care and i want the system to start giving the ability for people to care and it's all about care which is the thoughtful leadership part of things Okay, so one is about care and one is about setting goals. So my next question is, 
Which part of those two things are the thoughtful leader part, Mindy? Me? Well, the thing is, Malcolm just said it, caring is thoughtfulness in action. So, you know... So the, caring is thoughtfulness and goal setting is thoughtfulness in action. Well, okay, you, it's thoughtfulness. No, so if you... I know you've read The Thoughtful Leader. The word thoughtful has two different meanings. And so they've both, each one has talked about one of them. So Ellison has talked about thoughtful as in putting the right thought into things. Wait, hang on, what is it I want? How am I gonna get there? Who's gonna help me? Wait, how much time do I need? You know, what are the steps? Malcolm's thought, you know, he's mentioned the other kind of thoughtfulness. Oh, that's thoughtful, the caring part. It's both. We're so lucky to have a word in English that has two meanings. Yes. Okay. So, so, I want to get down to the sort of crux of this now, because I think we've created a really nice foundation here. Mindy, this is something you're very passionate about. Um, why today is this the topic that we were going to talk about? What, what, what do you feel is going on and happening? And when you observe how people are behaving maybe online and getting their content out, what, what are your thoughts and why did you want to talk about this? Well, we purposely called this, we, we put a hopefully intriguing question, is thought leadership harder than ever or easier than ever? I'll give my answer first. I think it's both. I think it's, it's harder than ever to lock yourself away somewhere with no distractions and put that really deep thought into something, thought and care, both. So it's hard because of, as I say, distractions, because of the pace of life, because we're not, we're conditioned to think in sound bites and, and tweet shaped bites and not do that deep thinking, that hard thinking, oh, it hurts, oh, it's hard, yeah. And if you wanna be a thoughtful leader, you've gotta do it because so few people are, that's why you'll stand out. And it's easier than ever to be seen as a thought leader or a thoughtful leader because of the, the internet, visibility, the exposure, all the platforms. So, however, the caveat is, you can't control it. You can do the work, but you must never call yourself a thought leader or a thoughtful leader. So, you know, I hate that when I see in someone's LinkedIn profile, thought leader. I feel like saying, who says? Because the market decides. So yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, that's very interesting. So that, not, that thing of don't lock yourself away bit, I remember when you were coaching me, you said, you know, try not to look online at all while you're re reading it, because you can either think, well, somebody else has these thoughts and it can stop you from feeling like, you know, you've got your original flow um, and it can distract you. I think it's very powerful that. And it is amazing, isn't it, when people start to flow with their writing, how I know Thomas says this about when you're speaking, sometimes you channel stuff that you didn't you think didn't, you knew didn't think you knew do you find that a lot with your your coaching your your thoughtful leaders absolutely and you know i i love hearing a client say something that gives me goosebumps and i love hearing myself say something that gives me goosebumps and that doesn't happen as often but i think you need to create the space and make it a priority and have that intention because thought leadership and thoughtful leadership it's not for everyone well no that's a lie Thought leadership is not for everyone. Thoughtful leadership really, I think, is a goal that most people should have because of everything going on. But I'd love to ask my guests if they agree with me 
can I yeah. can I pick up? Sorry, Alison. I, I know we're sort of taking it in turns, but if you don't mind me jumping in at this point, something that sort of struck me when you were talking there, Mindy, particularly with thought leadership, is and I'm not there yet. And I'm not suggesting I am a thought leader, but I want to be one. Is is what I, is basically why I wrote the book. Um, it's you're setting yourself up as a target. Yeah. Okay, so the, the the thing about being a thought leader is you have to be a little bit off the wall as Alison was saying you can't just keep regurgitating things that are already out there you have to be uh, sort of um original no it's not just about yeah absolutely oh right okay there, there you go a target right. <laughs> yeah it's not just about being controversial controversial is fine but you've got to have something that sort of backs up that level of you know, sort of controversy that it can't I mean anyone can be controversial you can just say the opposite and that's controversial but it has to be something new and, and to actually say something new you've got to basically turn around and say to the people that are doing what is already out there actually you're getting it wrong and and whether I've done it right or not that is what risk it is saying it's actually saying to my sort of compatriots do you know something guys I think you're getting it wrong and, and that's where you get the target on your back. And that's where the, the downside of being a thought leader, if ever I become one, is, is going to arise, I think. So yeah, well, I think that expression, there's no statues to the critics, is very important. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, hang on a second. Hang on a second. There's no statues to the critics, right? Mm -hmm. We have a situation now where we're seeing um, Greta Thunberg worshipped mm -hmm. and she's a critic. Well, it's the critics of her that we would not have statues to. She's a critic, but she's, she's spun it into a positive message, yeah. not just blah, blah, blah. It's this is what we need to do. Mm. So Malcolm is absolutely right. You can't just go, oh, you're wrong and whatever. Um, my phrase is be bold and opinionated, yet respectful. You've achieved that. Alison's achieved that. Penny, Thomas, I know all your books you know that's that's the way to do it with respect because if, if you just if you're just a critic and you yeah. don't show the respect to others and their opinions then you're not you're not going to be respected yourself and there's going to be no statue yeah so substance is, is having that substance behind it isn't it you know like if you look at her uh, yeah she is a critic but she's got knowledge and stats behind it you're going to like this one um penny like, so again, I believe that uh, substance is a bit like having not having a fur coat and knee knickers. That's what we would say in Scotland. I'm sure you've said that. A fur coat and no knickers. knickers. Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. No substance to it. So there's a few things I'm going to come back to because I like the fact, Malcolm, you raised the subject of disruption. And I think that is a really interesting subject around thoughtful leadership as well. Um, I also want to come back to in a minute um, for anybody that's watching this so that we can cover this. Um, the, the sense of people having academic knowledge, but not necessarily having the wisdom of experience and the empathy, therefore, of this, what they're sharing. I want to know how important that is to you. But first of all, I, I'm really intrigued by the fact that I was coaching someone this morning who's written a book. And their current day now they are not living any of the content or working with any of the content of the book that they wrote. It's almost like they've forgotten it. And I wonder, is there a real danger that people move on too fast from their amazing content when they come up with stuff as a thoughtful leader? Or is this maybe yes. where they don't really 
they don't maintain that. I mean, Simon Sinek, for example, start with People why. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Exactly. Um, so, um, so we're, we're, you know, he's, he's maintained his brand around his original foundations and he's building on that. What's your thoughts on that, Mindy? Do you feel that somebody, once they realise they can be an author, they're almost just churning, some people just churn it out? Some people do, exactly right. And so when I do thoughtful leadership strategy with people, it's not about the book. The book is one possible output, one possible deliverable, but that's not even the important thing. The important thing is that when we get the clarity, and you'll remember this from the process, it's, it's about the message and there's no point putting a message out there that you don't really believe and that you don't really live. And, and that's the thing that really gets me going. I just, I feel myself sitting up now and, you know, being yeah. scary in the lens because that's, that's so much more important than, you know, if you publish a book or you can be a thought leader without a book. It's harder work now. I mean, it's much easier to have you know, something physical you can give people, but that just packages up your, your leading edge, your creative and original ideas. Um, but it's just one, I mean, it's just one way to get them across. There's podcasts, videos, yeah. newsletters, speaking articles, blogs, conversations like this, it's unlimited. So it's not, I, I'm always reminding people that it's not about the book. And when people are driven kind of by the tail wagging the dog, they miss out on, on the beauty and the depth that they can have by really getting clear and being authentic and being so proud of getting what they really believe into the market. Yeah, well, I like, the that's I like when you that said, really you know, good really live it i mean that's why my book was about philosophy because Ooh. you're getting people to live it and and so, you know, alison you are as well in what you're doing you're trying to get people to realize that you can achieve and you've got to have you've got to walk that all the time in your life and then and Mal malcolm with your risk it it's a, it's a change of mindset almost that we're wanting people to have i suppose yeah. But so can I come in again very quickly? I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry, but it is a chat. There's two things. First of all, um, what I tried to do in the book was make it relevant, not just to the workplace, but to family life and going out, enjoying yourself, having sport and everything else. So the, the word risk was quite a, 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 an intuitive one. And, and Mindy's team that actually come up with the, the badging of all of that, mm -hmm. uh, there was one that jumped out the at me it was that and it, and it sort of says everything I wanted it to say because this is about intuition and it's a, it's about the fact that we are all born okay with this level of intuition yet our own structures our own society teaches it out of us we're, we're taught not to do it we're taught not to take risk or we're taught that risk is a bad thing but it's also a very good thing um, yeah. Alison, I'm sure will jump on the back for the fact that you know sales is about risk. <laughs> it, it's it's all about risk, so we can actually enjoy it. So when you're talking about the passion of living it, all I can say is that the whole of my business, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, whether it works or not, has actually now been structured off the back of risk it. And yeah, and, uh, 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 and, the, and this tick box thing that's going on, although it has to be done, is now 
every one of my um, employees now is fully aware of the fact that although the tick boxing has to be there, it's there for a reason to allow the individual to actually understand what's going on around it and take the risks that actually will give them the reward. Whether Again, whether that's fun or money or whatever it is, they need to be able to see it for what it really is. And we're used to having that as a cave caveman, if you like, cave dwellers had it. Now, and we've still got it now. So that's basically what I'd, I'd say about that. I don't know if that was a bit of a ramble, but... No, I think it's no, really... no, it wasn't a ramble. No, it was good. Yeah, it absolutely, was a good... absolutely. You should keep practising that, Malcolm. It's coming along <laughs> nicely. <laughs> yeah. Alison, can I ask you a question? When, when, when people decide to work with you and, and go on a programme with you or a course and you teach them how to set their goals and hit them and smash them, um, what kind of obstacles or objections or questions do you come up against for people who fear taking Malcolm's risk and setting those, those goals in the future? I mean, I think um, Penny touched on it earlier. 98% of this stuff is mindset. You know, if you've got a, a growth mindset, if you welcome failure via risk then you can achieve it and I think you know again coming back to what Malcolm was saying that you know a lot of that is your environment a lot of that is in your genes and a lot of that stuff is is that fear the fear of risk and that that's the to to smash it it involves change and change involves um, failure and then failure is um, you know how do you position that failure is that a positive thing that you've learned from it and you're going to do something different or is that a negative thing and that puts you off and and one of the things in smash it I, I you know I had to I felt that I discovered the meaning of life when I wrote the book I mean literally by the end of it I felt my goodness I've got this eureka moment that I've, I've discovered the meaning of life and there's two things that hold you back. So there's the first part is I've, I've broken it into the me thing. So that's the psychology, you know, that's the mindset stuff, the, you know, the, the, the things that are internal to you. But then this is where the two books sort of join together, because if you're looking to get a promotion at work or you're looking to settle down and, and marry and get kids, actually that takes more than one person so it's how you influence them and that's where the sales side of things actually fits into this and it was just literally going through the the content of the first book to create the second one I'm thinking actually everything we do in life is a sale that trying to if you decide you're going to take up running you've got to sell to yourself to put your shoes on every morning and go running because mentally you're like oh I can't be bothered oh it's raining you know we're having that internal conversation with our head and actually we have to sell to ourselves and you're yeah. coming back to you know video thought leadership you know loads of people we've had this conversation Penny as well that oh I'm, you know I'm not quite so keen on going on video and all that kind of stuff you're selling to yourself to become that thought leader because naturally we want to don't put the target on our back we want to just keep it to ourselves in case people say negative stuff around us but actually you know let them say negative things because ultimately they're Welcome in the majority both, so, both, both of them are fighting back risk yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and I, I like the word that you use that influence there so Mindy, I've got a couple more questions. I want, and it's unbelievable. We've only got 10 minutes left. I can't believe how fast this goes. I know. But, you know, Alison used the word influence there. 
And I suppose that's when you're reading someone's initial manuscript or their initial proposal of the book that they would like you to help them publish, etc. Are you looking for that that person being an influencer that can this influence the, people? This is the beautiful, beautiful thing about the process that that I work with and that I really believe in. You can only influence yourself. And Alison has talked about it. So in terms of getting yourself to the point where you're ready to go out there and do videos or write a book or be a speaker or get your opinion out there, put the target on your back. So the individual, let, let's just say the expert like us, I'll call us experts, get, gets to that point and in my view, they should really put that thought in, be thoughtful, put together um, something that's truly interesting, original, disruptive, et cetera, put, package that up in whatever form they want and put it into the market. However, I'll repeat what I said before, I believe it's only the market that can decide if it influences them and if you're an influencer. So it's total BS to call yourself an influencer or to think you're influencing anybody. It, I mean, NLP tells us that it's all about how the person receives the message and we can't control that. So I teach my clients to let go, to do the hard work, to put themselves into it and put their stuff out there and to really go deep and, but then to let go of the outcome because who knows, you might think you have the best, most original idea and, and, it, and it just drops like a lead balloon because of whatever in the market. So I don't believe we can control the outcome. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's a really good point. Two more things I want to talk about is, you know, this this whole subject of somebody having academic knowledge, you know, maybe doing a PhD, whatever it is, an academic versus the wisdom of people who have lived life and have that empathy and experience for what they're sharing. How important, are, you know, that's two quite different things, isn't it? I don't know the right word for it, but as you approach something. Well, it's all the first like, I'd love for my guests to also jump in. Um, so in 24 Karat Bold, that was the first time that I shared the real acronym. And um, I said, I hate acronyms, but you know, 12 years ago, I thought that was the thing to do. So the A in real stands for authority. And my view at the time, and it still is, um, is that you can gain authority in lots of different ways. So you can, you can actually study, you can you know, go and get degrees and you know, do research, publish papers, have them peer reviewed. You can do 10,000 hours of a skill according to Malcolm Gladwell. You can you know, have the, the kind of street smarts and, and you know, that kind of knowledge. Um, or you can just have this kind of IQ or, or curiosity or whatever makes you wake up with these insights or a combination. So it doesn't really matter. You have to bring something to the table. So I, I think people who are willing to sit at a desk or in a library and do hundreds and thousands of hours of research and go and get degrees, you know, I think they're amazing. I'm in awe. And I'm also in awe of people who uh, put themselves into their career and create something, entrepreneurs like us who take risks. You know, I, I'm, I have so much admiration for us and for people like us. So I don't think it really matters how you get there. Um, and, and I don't think there's any point doing a distinction, but the layer 
on top of that. So you've, you've got the content, the layer on top, which I think needs to be there, and Malcolm's used the word, is caring. And you've used the word empathy, Penny. So, you know, whatever you're bringing out into the market, if you bring it out with respect, caring, empathy, that's how you become a thoughtful leader. People see that. It doesn't matter if they don't agree with what you're saying or publishing, or but if you say it with that level of caring, um, it can land and it can at least open up the conversation. So if I can ask, this is really controversial and it's an extreme it's example because I love that and I, and I love the thought, the authority word. So am I really wrong? And I'm itching my head here, terrified to say this and I'm okay. sure I'm going to get bl flamed badly for it, whatever. Am I really wrong to think that I wouldn't actually want to go to a training course or read a book on weight loss for somebody who has is very overweight? Oh. Okay. Do you does anybody know if Tiger Woods coaches have ever been world class golfers? I believe they haven't. Right. And good, good I don't answer. You can, uh, no, that's not true. All, all of them were world class golfers. I think well, we don't know. But that's well, a good there metaphor. Are, there are people who are excellent at being the coach, the mentor, because they have that skill set. It doesn't mean, well, okay, mentor means you've done it, but coach or some other kind of uh, influencer right. or teacher. So I, I kind of, I, I have been to weight loss classes in the past when I believed in that sort of thing. And, um, and some of them were heavy and they had lost the weight and gained it back. I had a lot to learn from them. And, right, and, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, she's released a lot of weight. Yeah, Alison. I think that comes back to mindset. So if you look at, um, at weight loss, that isn't that's that's education on what's 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 good, what's bad. But again, to lose weight, you either have to exercise more or eat less. It's the same as business. Um, not, but I, yeah. Okay. It, I think I was being. I am being very controversial asking that question, yeah. but we did promise the the audience a little bit of that. It's more that I'm using it as an as a metaphor for you know do we just learn from somebody who's academic on something or somebody who's experienced something and that's I think is that that to me is the I suppose it, it's all individuals we all learn in different ways can I be um, controversial for the sake of being yeah, controversial just for the sake of it I said I wouldn't but I'm gonna um I, I can't abide the educated idiot there's lots of people I can't abide them I really can't abide them like, they drive me crackers um, there's a lot of people out there in my business and if they're listening into this then this is addressed to you um, they've gone out you've studied all the books you've uh, put everything together but you can't put the things together in a in a in the proper way w without the care without the empathy, without the understanding that there's a reason and a purpose behind why you're doing all this stuff. Okay. That, that for me, there's just no, just shut up. Basically. Yeah, in, in the business world, Alison and, and, and what you and I are similar, we mentor business people and things. It's going back to the business link days when it was bank managers that were teaching entrepreneurs how to run a business and they were teaching mm tech entrepreneurs and they didn't even understand tech mm. and I, I just think you know so I, I it is a controversial subject but I personally love learning from people who are walking and living exactly I, that's the thought leader that I believe in and so I, but it, look I've never I like both I've never been an, a New York Times or Sunday Times bestseller you know and yet 
every, not every, many of my authors are striving for that. So far, they haven't hit it either. But if I help them get there without having done it myself, it's because of something else. So, you know, you're, you're, what you're offering, and I wasn't expecting it to be you who got me to being an international bestseller or whatever, because to me, it was your skills, because you have written a book, you had the empathy to understand how I felt on those days when I'd contact you and say, my head's crushed, I don't know what to do. You've been, you've walked it and talked it, and the same way you've gone through the publishing experience, so you're a good publisher. So I wasn't expecting you to have every marketing skill in the land to help me become an international bestseller. So, yeah, I, but I, there's so many publishers out there, even people who head up publishing companies who have never written and published a book themselves. The I came to you, Mindy. Hence why I came to you. Yeah, I believe you understand it. Yeah, you, you and Alison have said the same thing, like being the big fish in this small pond, which actually We do have a real example of a New York Times bestseller who we know, Jay. Yeah, Jay Shetty, yeah. Oh, yeah. And who we know well. And the, when he asked me how to do that, I said, well, you'd have to have 20 million followers and 10% will buy a book. <laughs> yeah. He went and got 20 million followers and 2 million bought a book. Yeah. And he actually did it. Yeah. And so if you want to sell millions of books, you need millions of followers. Yeah, that's a good point in this yeah. day and age. What it, I just have one, one kind of comment. I know the time is running out. So I think thought leadership is easier than ever if somebody has the intention to care enough so you have to care care enough about caring if that makes sense you have to have the intention that you want to be a caring thoughtful leader and then putting together the content and then being honest and authentic with your best ideas you know that that's easy when you're coming from the right intention Alison Malcolm what do you think any last yeah, as we just wrap up really quickly? Um, oh, I'll be really quick. I think that you, people have to understand what you're seeing to educate them. And I think coming back to that question about academic or translation, if people don't understand what they're seeing, they're never going to take action. And as a thought leader, it's your job. You, you genuinely care is to translate whatever it is you're trying to get put across so that your audience understands it so that they can take action and that's where I think from a thoughtful leadership perspective that's that's your role yeah, that's very that's good, good. Alison. that's good that's Alison. very very Thank good you. and Malcolm any last Malcolm words? beat that I can't so all I will say is that uh, I think that the individual has got to be able to look in the mirror and see a different reflection coming back at them um, it, it's not, you know, the shy, retiring um, sort of individual that I am. <laughs> um, it's actually seeing someone that can be, provide a presence and provide um, the guidance and the authority that Mindy was talking about to, to the readers. So it, I think it is easy in terms of process. I think it's hard in terms of um, carrying it through. Well, I think that's actually beautifully, beautiful finish there, Malcolm, because one of the words that I love that Mindy used is live it. You've got to live it. And I think that really sums it up well. And, and you know, how I'd like to sort of summarise today also is nowadays more than ever is our underlying values as experts, thoughtful leaders is so critical. 
what are the values of the person, the whole person that's going to be walking by your side, maybe in life. And, um, and I think that's the thing, that's the next thing in the world that we're all going to be looking for. Why I believe that um, trust, integrity, honesty, and just knowing the person is becoming so critical for us all. Um, and that is why Mindy, Thomas and I walk by your side and absolutely love to you know, introduce you to people who are in this position, who are wanting to get their, maybe their frustrated thoughts out and have the confidence to do it. And it's been a fantastic show. Thank you so much, Alison and Malcolm, for, for joining me as well. Thank I you. think this is a brilliant show. I think this will really help a lot of people. Um, next week, we've got Nicola Adams. And so please tune in next week. Nicola is an ergonomist. 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 <laughs> so she has trained and got a master's in, you know, how well how well we're positioned at our desks, etc. Uh, yeah. Thomas and I have just bought new chairs from her and had a whole consulting on it. And I can't believe how we were sitting before. And no wonder I've got RSI and all sorts of issues with my back since we've gone into lockdown. So please join us. Thank you very much, Mindy. You. You're an amazing lady. Thank you, Alison. And thank you, Malcolm. Have a great afternoon. And thank you, anybody who's watched this through. And please connect with our guests on LinkedIn. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.